0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. It's great to be with everybody again this week. Uh, thanks to all our loyal listeners. Thanks for some feedback we got this week. We appreciate that. Um, today, David is um, Super Tuesday here in the South. So by the time many people listen to this on their podcast, they will actually know the results of the election. So I think we should play a game right now. Who's going to win on Super Tuesday? <laughs> uh, you're laughing. <laughs> As if it's a foregone conclusion. Um, you know, I, I, I wish I could uh, play for the audience uh, John Oliver's uh, t- review of Donald Trump's presidential candidacy, which is absolutely hilarious. If you get a chance, you should do that. But it looks like, David, to me that uh, Mr. Trump is probably going to walk away with victories all throughout the South, with the possible exception of Texas. Possibly. Um, now, if obviously if Cruz loses in Texas, he's gone, right? He's toast. He's out. He's got he's got to get out of the race because he's got no viable path at that point. Rubio, on the other hand, I suspect will stay in at least until the uh, uh, his primary in Florida. But my problem with Rubio is that he's trailing Trump by like thirty points in Florida. I mean, he's gonna get he's gonna get killed. And do you really think Cruz people will vote for Rubio? I think they all go to Trump, which is really kind of scary when you think about it. Uh, I don't think he gets any of them uh, unless Kasich can come in. Now Kasich is also not going to get out uh, until the Ohio, Ohio primaries, also on March 15th, uh, where he is running with an assistical tie of Trump. So that's that's kind of a kind of a tighter race there than you see with Rubio. Uh, now, my wonderful sister is a big Rubio fan. She tells me that Kasich needs to get out, and I'm, a, I'm not a good person for supporting Kasich because Rubio, he's like our Obi-Wan. He's our Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's our only hope uh, going forward uh, to stop Trump. But today, CNN came out with some great polls uh, that said, look, in a national race, Hillary beats Trump, you know, 52 to 47. And Sanders beats Trump like 60 to 40 or some crazy number like that. Uh, I, I honestly can't believe that number, really, because I just don't see Americans voting for a socialist. And as I told some of my friends online, look, Hillary has not done anything, really, to go after Bernie Sanders. Has she? I mean, really. She's run essentially no real negative campaigns. You might think she has, but, you know, when 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 it's Sanders, in if he's the nominee for the Dems, Uh, My first advice to the GOP primaries, let's get some pictures of Bernie Sanders' honeymoon in the Soviet Union in 1963. Let's let's, let's start running those ads every single day. Uh, I I think Bernie simply hasn't been targeted yet on negative ads. And, uh, you know, he's always supposedly run a positive campaign, uh, although he's kind of waffled out a little time with Hillary this time uh, on what positive means. But he will be forced to go negative against Trump because Trump will bury him in negative campaigning. Uh, and will make him seem like like a loon. Now, I think Bernie, personally, I think he's a super smart guy. I, I don't think he's an idiot. Uh, I but I do think that his brand of politics, while enticing for some, uh, will never sell with those who actually vote in November. Do you think I'm doing right on that, David? I think I'm pretty right on that.
2: No, I, I uh, you know I had this discussion with someone else uh, a couple of days ago. What
1: show was that on? Yeah, on America's uh, Web Radio? It's another great show. I don't know. <laughs>
2: Uh, no, this was on the phone. Oh, but, uh, you know, I think they I think people are packing their bags. Other than, you know, I heard today he's raised forty-two million in February. In February, Forty-
1: I think, No, yeah, forty-two point six million in February, twice what he raised in January, yeah. which was more than anybody else.
2: Which, uh, you know.
1: Now, keep in mind, though, there's there's a caveat to that. Caveat: He doesn't have a pack. Right. So all these other guys and gals have packs. So, you can give to PACs an unlimited numbers. So, if you just look, so there's no place else to give to Bernie Sanders. Whereas for everybody else, there is money to give to PACs. So, I mean, it's, the numbers can be, I think, a little misleading. But that's still. It's still a, a size of most campaign. ever raised in February by any
2: single candidate. I know I it's, it's below what you made last month. So <laughs> yeah. certainly, certainly a bit more than I made. Uh, no, I, you know, I, that was the only thing that sort of bothered me in that somebody's putting their money where their mouth is. But. You know, when it comes to to actually voting, getting down to the brass tacks, uh-huh. I mean, the record of kids voting is pretty dismal it when is. it comes down it to is. it. Uh, and they're his major support. They're a big chunk uh, of his support. So I really, you know, I, I don't feel like Bernie has the, the grit and martyr behind him that it would take to... To actually do something. Oh, I think it would be very tough. And, and very I think tough. that at that time there would be a lot of Democrats that would vote Republican if he were ca- uh, the candidate.
1: Uh, not they if were... Trump is the candidate, they wouldn't. I don't know. Not uh, if Trump is the candidate, they wouldn't.
2: So. I, I see the people saying, you know, this is a guy that's a communist. Uh, you know, Trump may be bad, but we don't want... we don't want. To. Well, the other thing is... And Why I do we have to vote people, for
1: the lesser of two people? Doesn't it just piss you off every four years? Yeah, yeah. Why can't we get somebody out there that, I mean you can respect and admire and say, "I, I
2: want I, that guy as my president"? We've uh, a lot of us have talked about that uh, because of a person like that's too smart to run. But you know, I, I, we're in, in deep trouble, and when when you can run a candidate like Trump, and I mean, it, it's yelling—we're we're ticked.
1: You know, I saw some interesting thing about Trump that was really interesting yesterday. You know, he says he doesn't want any donations. He doesn't need, he's going to self-fund, right? You've heard him say that a dozen times, So funny. Is that actually true? On his website, they're not just one. There's two Donate Now buttons for Trump. Okay. Yeah. And apparently, as of the end of January, he'd raised, and this is a minor number compared to, to Cerny's burning everybody else, he'd raised $7 million. And he was asked, well, how much has your campaign cost you so far? Oh, 20, 25 million dollars. You know, I self funded that. But actually, he didn't really do that. He gave his campaign $250,000 as a donation, but he loaned the money to his campaign for the rest. <laughs> so you're going, you know where I'm going here. So basically, he is using your money to run for president of the United States. So basically, this is cost, and he's going to have plenty of money to go forward. People are donating to him, even though he want, supposedly not want the money. So he actually is running for president for free. <laughs> so this you is costing know, him nothing. It's just hilarious. But
2: uh, So in that is, respect, gotta, great business move, you, right? You've got to give the devil his due. Yeah, he, I, there you go. He takes advantage of... Of everything he can. Of every possibility. And I I, I can't fault a guy for that. That that I can't fault him at all. Um, you know, I, I don't like some of the things that he's done particularly recently um, but I you know I, I guess I'm ashamed a friend and I were talking and he was, he was with a group of Democrats watching the, the last Republican debate and he said it was embarrassing we sh- we should we don't need to. Be we didn't talk about a single policy. We, I mean, we we need not to a, a talk single about policy. Terrorism. We need to talk about, about jobs. The econo- jobs. The economy. What is the, can you name
1: no. Donald Trump's job program? Huh. Can you can, name anybody? And I can name Casages because I know what Casages yeah. is. He's actually got a job program. But you can name anybody else's. There's no. no job program. It's 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 the most important. The economy is the most important factor. For every voter right now. That's the polls say that. Uh, as I, I think okay? I mentioned this And the GOP talks not about that ascent.
2: I think I mentioned this on the show last week, is that, you know, these candidates should be addressing, uh, and this should be, while everybody's laughing and loving, oh, well, I got gas for less than $2 a gallon, mm-hmm. the damage that this is doing to our economy, the answer to getting cheap gas is not cutting... Back, like the EPA has made us do and the, and the, and the overabundance of oil that we have bought from Saudi Arabia and the Middle East, we should be pumping like crazy and selling our oil all over the place. Well, we they just not did free
1: some reserves to sell. I mean, I was reading an article this morning about the oil issue. You're reading an article about the oil issue today that um, uh, there's so much oil now being pumped in America, there's no place to store it. So I'm now sure. they're storing it in empty rail cars. Uh, and some, of course, somebody making money on that, right? There was an article about a guy on Wall Street, the a, a Wall Street Journal, making a fortune on basically buying, buying empty rail cars and storing oil in them. It's a brilliant idea because you don't have to build the huge infrastructure. Uh, right well, there.
2: But we, but have, cut, a, we ec- have cut back our. We production. have not cut back. That's we have. We, we hardly have. Well, this is one you can't argue with. We are still uh, pumping oil at a rate we are, that we have the largest supply of oil in America that we've had since 1930. You just used a very interesting term pumping that that would that would initially say a hammerhead but you know where we have our oil reserves is where they've been fracking and right. they can frack but again um, the fracking costs more than regular pumping don't uh i know very well the oil industry well, i'm, I'm sure you point, do but the that
1: reality it, is. Should we be buying oil from Saudi Arabia? No.
2: No, we no. should not buy a We should a not buy a dime from, from
1: We don't need to. We have enough oil on our own. We we have like the third largest supply in the world of oil or something. Somewhere in the top five for sure. We can pump all our own oil. But then it's a question of what happens to Saudi Arabia if we're not buying their oil. I mean, it's all this whole interdependence, this global interdependency on money and the support of regimes that, that really hate us, that don't support our way of life. And yet we support them because the alternative is even worse. You know, so uh, going back to the immigration issue, David, I want to talk about this uh, because yesterday Donald Trump received the endorsement of the most virulent anti-immigration know nothing in the United States Congress, and that would be the less than honorable Jeff Sessions. Um, he uh, apparently, I did not know this till last night. Uh, Jeff Sessions had been rejected for a federal court judgeship. Can you imagine being rejected for a federal court judgeship? Because of, apparently, his racist tendencies while he was U.S. attorney in Alabama. And it it looks like that while he has managed to hide under a deeper cover, uh, the tendencies are still there. Uh, When he supports a guy like Donald Trump, who, while not overtly racist, certainly is saying things that appeals to those that are, And whether you're a racist or just pretend to be, perhaps the latter is even worse. Um, So uh, Jeff Sessions comes out, and um, uh, I wonder if he ushered Sessions off the stage as quickly as he ushered Christie off the stage that day. Um, What was interesting about this is that that Ted Cruz has been courting Jeff Sessions to support him by trying to out-anti-immigration Donald Trump. Now, I wonder if this will make Ted Cruz... Less of an ally of Jeff Sessions when he goes back to finish his last two years in the U.S. Senate. Uh, I'm just curious about that. This is uh, uh, really, uh, really interesting um, that, uh, that Sessions decided to come out in favor of Cruz. Now, right before the primary in the South, there's no doubt that, that, that Trump is going to win the GOP primary in Georgia. He's going to win it in uh, Alabama. He's going to win it in Arkansas. Uh, just like he won it in South Carolina. And he may uh, win it in Texas. Now, is Mississippi having their primary today, David? I think they are, too, aren't they? I think Mississippi's having it as well today. Uh, he'll likely win there as well. But I, I see this kind of swath across the South where uh, the numbers look like the percentage of, of whites voting in the GOP primary across the South averaged between 96 and 98%. So there's 96 The 98% of the voters in the GOP primary are historically white. Now, here's what's interesting, David. I think those numbers are going to be a little bit different this year. Because I know a lot of people who would normally vote Democrat are taking GOP ballots in Georgia, which is an open primary state. uh, So they can vote against Donald Trump. So I'm interested to see if there's so many of them that are doing that, that in fact... It impacts the race against, or at least to a certain degree, against Donald Trump. I'm curious to see whether that's going to happen. Especially Latino. I have a lot of Latinos that are taking that Republican ballot and voting against Donald Trump, probably for Rubio or Kasich as they go forward. I just find that absolutely fascinating. And I'm, but I did not know the numbers of white voters were so high as percentages of the GOP. And one thing that Trump is doing is he's bringing out people that haven't voted in years. Uh, the scary thing, David, is he's bringing out voters that haven't voted in years. We probably should take a break huh, as we as we go forward. It's about that time, more or less? Pretty close. All right, let's take a break here and come back and talk a bit more about today's election uh, and tonight's election results, which we're going to procrastinate.
3: Si usted tiene problemas con inmigración o asuntos que tiene que arreglar, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Tenemos más de 50 años de experiencia haciendo las leyes de inmigración y defendiendo a los inmigrantes. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611 o al www.immigration.net.
0: This is Daryl Pullis inviting you to listen to America's Homegrown Veggie Show right here every Saturday morning at 10 Eastern Time. Great guests, great tips, and valuable information about growing your own vegetables, fruits, and herbs.
1: Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with E-Verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866 286 6200. That's 866 286 6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Uh, David, there is. Um, uh, really interesting phenomenon going on here in regards to immigration in the election. Uh, And Trump has made it a number one issue, but at the same time he's also apparently said that yeah, you know, I could change on immigration, I could you know, I'm not necessarily tied to this apparently there was an interview with the New York Times uh, editorial board when they were interviewing all the candidates and they record those things. And in off-the-record comments uh, apparently Donald Trump said something to the effect that, "Yeah, of course I'm negotiable. I'm negotiable on everything, whether the wall's two feet higher or two feet smaller. I'm not going to negotiate on the wall, but you know we have to deal with the people that are here as well. We need to do it in a fair and honorable way." That's very different, very different than what he said during the campaign to a lot people. And that's the problem with Trump: is you have no idea where he really stands. You have no idea really what he's going to do as a business guy. He has to be negotiable. He can't He can't say this is my way. He has learned, like many businessmen have, that it's not my way of the highway. You have to be able to negotiate. And apparently with him, everything is negotiable. Literally everything. Including every one of his core or non-core values, which he may or may not have, depending on the day of the week he, and who he's talking to. Uh, which probably makes him maybe the most dangerous candidate we've ever had. Did you know... That neither political party has nominated a non-politician for the presidency, ever, ever. That that's kind of stunning when you think about it, at least in modern times. You know, so you go back 110 years, nobody. Every one of them had held some sort of elected office of some kind in the past. Never have they put somebody with zero government experience. Now, I'm saying, good, we want somebody with zero government experience. You know, David, having been part of the government for a very brief time in my life, uh, I will tell you, I do not want somebody who has no experience running things in the government to run the government. I think it's actually quite dangerous. Uh, and uh, you, you see that effect uh, in in small towns when you elect mayors that have not run anything before and you kind of get disastrous results. What do you think Donald Trump's going to do as president, really? I mean, how do you think he is going to... Uh, react or interact with Congress or with, uh, uh, with other elected officials around the world, uh, and with Vladimir Putin, for that matter. Uh, David, I just, I just can't get my head around the fact that seven months ago I said there was zero chance that Donald would, would be the nominee. You may have agreed with me on that, uh, but you did write down that I said Hillary was going to be elected, right? Mm-hmm. So I still may be right on that account. Uh, I,
2: could, I could be wrong. Who knows?
1: Uh, but Hillary will win today. Hillary That'd will be win. Be the first
2: time someone in jail was ever elected president.
1: Well, you know, uh, I'm not sure she's going to go to jail. Um, but I'm counting on the fact that Joe Biden is sitting in the wings to save us all one day. Who said that? I think you said that, Dave. Did you write that down as well? Oh, I've I've been saying it for months. He did. Go, you know, he did go to Mexico and apologize for Donald Trump.
2: Oh huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's. Uh, I I think. You know, I've said it for months that Biden was going to be the candidate and, well, and quite likely the president.
1: Well, think about that. Think about if Hillary wins the nomination, which she will certainly lock up the votes uh, by March 15th to do that. Uh, Bernie may or may not. He has no reason to drop out. He's got all the money in the world to spend. Um, so he can keep hitting him, hitting her on that. But if she gets, if, if word comes out from the FBI in March, April or May, yep. Yeah, we're going to try to indict her uh, then 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 they can't look at Bernie and say, "Well, we want Bernie because the majority of the party would have rejected him, so we've got to say let's go to the convention and see what we can do and I think you're right, I think there is a chance for a Biden nomination uh, now that said, if there is no indictment uh, at that point, then Hillary's going well, to win the election
2: it depends uh, I think that depends on Obviously, the indictment has to come from the DOJ. Right, it doesn't come from the FBI. And apparently, they but have
1: taken the White House out of the loop on this investigation.
2: Uh, well, that's I, what
1: Loretta Lynch said. I trust her to say that.
2: I don't, honorable know. That woman. honorable woman, honorable. I, I think it is honorable woman.
1: Uh, really, if you if you're Obama, do you want to know? I don't want to know.
2: Yeah, Whatever. but I, I think Obama could be maybe in it as well. Oh, I don't think so in, in the investigation. Why he was he was. Part of the the super secret emails that they aren't releasing were between Clinton and Obama. Well, apparently then, he sent her a couple emails.
1: Yeah, and it's knows big an he idiot said it that,
2: that it says Clinton's.
1: Well, you know what this gets to is, you know, it wasn't illegal for her to have her own email. It,
2: it was only illegal.
1: After they changed that, after she started it. But it wasn't when she did it initially. Now, That's quite clear. I mean, we need to get all the facts straight here. It wasn't illegal to do what she did. And every other Secretary of State did the same thing. Now, was it a good practice? Absolutely not. It was absolutely not a good practice. Um, but if it was illegal, you don't think Trey Gowdy would have been all over that when she was sitting in front of him? No, because he had nothing to go on. Either he's incompetent or there's nothing there. That's the only two ex- rational explanations. And I don't think Trey Gowdy's incompetent. I just don't think there's anything there yet.
2: Well, okay? I, I think. Well, I think one thing has led to another, uh, not only the emails, but the Clinton Foundation and, yeah, well, you know, and those
1: uh, things people don't care about. people that vote in the general election, they don't care about these things, especially if the candidate like Donald Trump is there who has untold numbers of bad stories about them. so the people are going to go, who's the lesser of two people here? lesser of two evils you know well,
2: that's, that's what they've done. That's what they did in Clinton's second term, right. Um, Absolutely, they knew everything bad that he had done, but they didn't care. They didn't care. Well,
1: they didn't care because the economy was clipping along. I mean, yeah. people vote their pocketbooks, David. That's really it's. it's it, James Carville was right back in nineteen ninety two. It's the economy, stupid. Uh, and and as soon as somebody start, the, as soon as one of the GOP start talking about the economy, that those polls might change. But I tell you, that's all Bernie and Hillary talk about is the economy. That's all their speaking, are all about the economy. And as those words get out, as they do a much more aggressive campaigning beyond the Democratic circles, they're going to sway a lot of people when, when Trump does all, when all he says is we're going to win, we're going to win. And he has no way to do anything. He has no plan to do anything. I mean, there's a lot of senators that are squirreling around trying to figure out how they're going to maintain the Senate if Trump is the candidate. Um, and there are going to be a lot of people that are going to maybe vote for Trump and against their incumbent senator because they don't like him and votes for somebody else I mean, it's, it, this, is a, this is such a major disaster and it's interesting how it all started with immigration with Donald Trump the first things he said was all these Mexicans come in here and they're all rapists well that's not what, he, that's not what I said well actually it is if you go back and read what he said he didn't make any distinguishing remarks between people that were documented or undocumented he just said all Mexicans come in here and are all rapists um, that is a dog whistle That's a dog whistle. David, I know I've told you in the past, never read the comments on a newspaper article. You've heard me say that before, right? Never, ever read the comments on a newspaper article. Because people will say stuff online anonymously that they could never get away with in real life. Um, And so when you read people's, what their true feelings of their heart are, you realize that racism runs deep in this country. Deep and broad. Uh, And uh, Trump's tapping into that with the dog whistle. We refer to our listeners on the dog whistle. What's a dog whistle? It's a whistle humans can't hear, but dogs can. Well, when he talks like that, it's a whistle of people that you and I can't hear it because we don't typically believe that way. But other people go, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's how why David Duke comes out and says, Donald Trump's our man. If you're a traitor to your race, if you don't vote for Donald Trump, go KKK. And then Donald comes out and goes, "Uh, I don't know, who's David Duke? I don't know. Then they found this clip from 2000 of him disavowing David Duke. (laughs) I don't know who he is oh my god this is just hilarious if it wasn't so damn tragic David it would be hilarious Um, if it wasn't so crazy about that Uh, but today's votes will be interesting I'm looking forward to it Uh, tonight should be a fun night to watch television to see the polls come in Uh, here in Georgia our polls close at 7 o'clock Alabama's on a different time zone I imagine their polls will close at 7 their time which will be 8 o'clock eastern time Uh, and I think it's going to be pretty early they're going to call these races I think pretty darn early uh, exit polling is going to be pretty clear, just like it was over in South Carolina. It's going to be pretty clear. Uh, I'm still stunned, by the way, that Hillary won the African American vote in South Carolina in a greater percentage than Barack Obama did. She wants to know, like, 93% of the, of the African American
2: 86,
1: 86. vote. 86%. That's crazy. That's a crazy number. I mean, Bernie can never win a national election without African American vote. He can't. In the Democratic Party, you can't. Uh, so it, it is. Um, uh, Bernie needs to get out um, when, when he feels good and ready and I imagine that might be later rather than sooner because his goal, just like he wanted somebody to run against Barack Obama in 2012 his goal is to bring his issues I don't think he ever thought he could be president but what he wanted to do was get his issues out one, I think he says this as his last chance as a 74 year old guy on the national stage to get his, his beliefs out his beliefs about democratic socialism which is just socialism when you elect people, but it's still socialism. But Chuck, in Europe they have all these great things. In Europe they pay a seventy percent tax. You know they have lots of great things. They have lots of crappy things too in Europe. Um, and uh, why do Europeans still want to immigrate to America? Because it's still better over here. You know, regardless of what you say about. But I have health care cradle to grave. Well, you know you do over here too if you work hard enough and you get insurance. What about the poor people? Well, we subsidize poor people. We'll help to get insurance, and they always go to the emergency room. You know, I, I think we need a better health care system. Obamacare is probably not the answer, but for now, David, it's what we got. Uh, and I would still like to see something come along that says, here's my idea for a better plan. That's what I don't get, David. Where is the better plan? Why don't they say, and I guess Kasich has done this. Kasich actually has come out and said, here's my plan. It involves Medicare. It involves Medicaid. Here's how we're going to do it. And he's done it in Ohio, and it works. Now, is it going to cost the government money, sure, but a lot less than Obamacare. Is it going to force employers to sh- lay off employees? No, no. But it's more of a single payer concept than an insurance concept. But I did love that part of the debate last week when Rubio got into with Cruz about the lines. We got to get rid of the lines because lines lines cause insurance to go. We got to get rid of the lines. And so <laughs> Rubio was funny, uh, but I think he debased himself by doing that by being that way. Uh, as not being a serious candidate. Um, there's lots of other news going on in immigration today. The Immigration Service uh, is stuck, David, in a gigantic backlog, a gigantic backlog of U-visa uh, cases. Now you're going, what's a U-visa? I don't know what a U-visa is. Uh, if Congress back in 2004, I believe it was 04, it could have been 05 or 2003, 04 passed the Violence Against Women's Act, and it's part of that Violence Against Women's Act it said if you have been the victim of domestic violence, or you've been the victim of a violent crime, and you've been physically or, or mentally or emotionally harmed, uh, if you cooperate with the police, you make a report, and the police will verify that you were, one, the victim, and two, that you were harmed, that you can apply for this visa, even if you're undocumented. It's designed, very simply, to reduce crime against all immigrants including undocumented immigrants because crime against undocumented immigrants is crime against all of us so we want to reduce that crime so the incentive is there for them to say go call if they're victims call the police um, so congress allocated 10,000 u visas a year to uh, uh, to the people to so to immigration to, to to do this and in 05 06 07 08 09 2010 2011 they never really got to the 10,000 But starting in 2012 and escalating to 2015, uh, they have gone from 25 to 50 to 63,000 applications for U visas when there's only 10,000 visas a year. So today, if I have a client who walks in the door and says, I was, you know, somebody committed armed robbery against me, they shot me, they stabbed me, I called the police, I testified against them, they went to prison, the police signed, what's going to happen to me? Well, those people can apply for the U visa, and right now, immigration is working on a backlog of over 120,000 cases. So nothing's getting done. Nothing's getting approved. And even if they get to your case, you can't be issued that U visa until your place in line is reached. So I'm going to be sitting on a person for 12 or 13 years to apply for a U visa. And in the meantime, they're going to have deferred action to stay here. But that doesn't do anybody any good. Can't, it doesn't legalize them. It doesn't get them any status. When we come back, we're going to talk about Georgia's driver's license nightmare as it pertains to these people and DACA kids. We'll be back in just a second on America's Web Radio.
3: Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano, o tiene problemas con inmigración, o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos en su lado. Con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración, conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611, o visítenos al www.immigration.net.
1: Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio.
0: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like. Cook Immigration
1: Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866 286 6200, or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
0: You're listening to America's the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Uh, welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Uh, it's great to be back, David. Uh, yesterday was crossover day in the state legislature. That's the day in which bills must have passed the house of which they originated to go over to the other part of the, the legislature to have a chance to be voted on. It also means there's only 10 days, business days, left in the legislative session. Hallelujah. Uh, hallelujah. And uh, there was one bill in particular, it's three terrible bills, but there's one bill in particular called SB-6, which was written by uh, a know-nothing named uh, D.A. King, uh, and his minion uh, uh, puppet, uh, uh, Josh McCoon, or somebody called him Josh McLoon, uh who is out of Columbus, Georgia, who, who pretends to be uh, a, a dig- diligent Catholic but apparently hates immigrants, uh, which is kind of weird. I think the Pope would be a little upset with him. Uh, this bill uh, is basically a scarlet letter uh, for DACA kids. So what they want to do, basically, what this bill does, and it passed out of the Senate yesterday, which is just stunning in what is essentially a party-line vote, except for Republican Senator Tommy Williams, who is the only apparently the only guy there with a backbone to stand up to these clowns. Um, and uh, now there may be some reasons why they did this, and I'll explain that in a second. What this bill does, it says, hey, okay, look, if you have DACA, now def- DACA is Deferred Action for childhood, So it's deferred action is actually a ground under the Real ID Act in which a driver's license must be issued. So it's an actual federal lawful status, um, and said so by our own attorney general here in Georgia. Um, now, what's interesting about this SB6, it said, look, if you have DACA, or actually, and we're going to read it here in a second, if you have anything other than lawful status in the U.S., you can no longer get a Georgia driver's license. Their rationale is, well, uh, there's terrorism grounds, and they may, they can vote with a driver's license, which is pure BS. That is just a flat-out lie. A flat-out lie. And that is simply, it's just not true. There's, you know, some guys, McCune making up the fact that there's press reports in North Carolina that people have registered to vote on divert action. That simply does not happen. And it certainly doesn't happen to your, you. know who says it does not happen? Our Secretary of State, who's in charge of elections. There's no terrorism cases on anybody with DACA. He says, well, they can use the driver's license to board airplanes and enter buildings. Yes, they can. But they can also use their employment card from the federal government to do the exact same thing. So his rationale behind this is uh, uh, really uh, simply made up. It's juvenile in many ways. It's like talking to a third grader. Um, but what they want to do is going to take your driver's license, and they're going to issue you a driver's privilege card, a driver's privilege card, which will say, illegal alien or undocumented immigrant on it like a scarlet letter and it, they're going to make it a crime if you use that document as ID that's going to be a felony in Georgia I mean does this make any sense to you I and mean, this this is truly the there's no rationale behind it there's no no, no legitimate rationale behind it. and it's the only state in the country doing this so why why is Georgia going to have to do this? Why, is Josh McCone, McCone so, so forward-thinking that he's on the cutting edge of stupidity and racism? Or is he doing this for political revenge? Now, I look at his puppet master, D.A. King. D.A. King has been the puppet master for Chip Rogers, who ended up leaving government in disgrace and then getting fired from his job at, uh, at Georgia Public Radio. Uh, he was the puppet master for um, Matt Ramsey, who's leaving the House this year and not running for election again. And now he's the puppet master for Josh McCoon. And you have to wonder, when do politicians begin to realize that being with D.A. King is not a good thing for your political career? When do they begin to understand that it's not a good thing to be associated with somebody who is so so, so associated with hate groups and so associated with the groups that preach a gospel of intolerance and hatred against minorities and immigrants. Um, so, so, Josh McCoon, shame on you. Shame on you for lying to the, to the senators. Shame on you for lying to the press about what you're really doing with SB6. Now, here's the good news. There, the word on the street is that, um, uh, our friends in, uh, the Georgia legislature were told that there is zero chance that this bill will even have a hearing in the House of Representatives. And so a number of Georgia legislature legislators uh, were convinced to vote for the Republicans, were convinced to vote for the bill, even though they didn't support it, uh, because it was going to die anyway, and this way they didn't make any political enemies. So, Speaker of the House, uh, David Ralston has, has said that uh, no bill of Josh McCoon's will pass the Georgia legislature, period. Now, who knows if that's true or not? Who knows if that's true? But let's take a look at this bill that, uh, that, that uh, Josh has put in here and uh, really see what this thing is all about. Uh, uh, the bill, as, as apparently passed, uh, is uh, about 10 pages long. The initial part of this bill was over 24 pages long. I wrote an article about it, and it was just junk. So what's cool here, in many ways, is how they just literally make stuff up. So they have created a new definition for lawful alien status. So now, lawful alien status, in quotes, means an alien status provided for by the Federal Immigration and Nationality Act or any other provision by the United States Congress provided that lawful alien status shall not include the grant of any deferred deportation action from the Department of Homeland Security. Hmm. Let me point out the various errors in just their definition. One, there's no such thing as lawful alien status. It doesn't exist in federal law. Um, second, uh, deferred deportation action as a phrase, as a concept, doesn't exist. There's deferred action, but not deferred deportation action. Uh, third, while the Homeland Security Department is in charge of all immigration issues, these are typically done by the USCIS or ICE. So that even the department is wrong. Um, now, what's interesting about this is this definition is contrary to the definition of lawful status in the Real ID Act, which says that lawful status includes any grant of deferred action. So now you have a conflict between state law and federal law on immigration issues. David, who wins that in court? They do. Absolutely. The feds win it. Absolutely. Every other week and twice on Sundays. So, Mr. Burkuna, we will see you in federal court uh, in July, uh, should this bill get signed by the governor. Uh, maybe June. We'll just sign a little bit earlier, if this bill passes. Uh, now, the other things that they did here were really interesting, in that uh, they say this. Uh, uh, let's see, go to, the, go to the meat of this section here. Um, blah, blah, blah. A driver's license shall be issued uh, to a person who, shall, it's really who not, may not be accepted as evidence of lawful alien status. So a driver's license issued to persons who do not have lawful alien status may not be accepted as evidence of lawful alien status. What? Really, did a monkey write this with a third-grade education? You must have had somebody who knows nothing about immigration law write this. Oh, yeah, you did. You had your puppet master write this. Uh, any, citizen, any non-citizen applicant who possesses a lawful alien status and whose Georgia lives will expire in 30 days and who has filed a request for extension, blah, blah, blah. Now, here's the kicker right here. On or after July 1, 2015, prior to the issuance of temporary licenses, the department shall obtain a fingerprint and other or other biological characters of the applicant. So this whole DNA thing now comes back. The DNA thing is back in here. Thank you, Josh McCoon, for your DNA thing again. Uh, I'm sure lots of Georgians are going to want to do DNA stuff. Well, oh, it's only for people who have, or who are, who have uh, lawful alien status. It's not for me or me, David. Uh, you ever heard the term slippery slope? You know, we'll see. We'll see Josh McCooner, uh, and the uh, it says that uh, the Department of Homeland Security, uh, D.D.S., shall require each applicant uh, who possesses lawful alien status to execute a signed and sworn affidavit that he or she possesses lawful aliens and is not a current recipient of deferred action, which is different than deferred deportation action from Homeland Security. Any person willing to sign of an affidavit shall be in violation of a code section. Blah blah blah. Then, the, this raises the penalties for those who are driving without a license. Uh, so you go to a $1,000 fine for your first offense. Between $1,000 and $2,500, that's 525000 The second offense, 2500 to $5,000. The third offense, $5,000 to $10,000. Um, this is really remarkable. Also, by the way, if you're driving without a license, now the government can seize your vehicle on the road and not give it back to you for 60 days. And you can't use your ID to come pick it up. Uh, this is um, really, it's designed to do nothing more than punish people. Punish people. Because, David, if we take licenses away from people, are they going to stop driving? These kids can work. And Tommy Williams made a great point about this yesterday on the floor of the Senate. They're working. They're legally working. I, they work for me. The manager of his restaurant has DACA. How do you want them to get to work? Walk? In rural Georgia? That's what you want them to do? These guys, it's, to these guys, it's not about safety. Not about public safety. It's not about terrorism. It's not about voting. It's about pure, unadulterated intolerance and hate. Nothing more, nothing less. There's no other way they can justify this. And when you think about it, even Arizona hasn't done this. So why do we have Georgia now as the experimental base of radical anti-immigrant legislation? Why has Georgia, and why does the, the leadership of the Georgia Senate permit this to go on? Why do they even allow hearings to go on? Why don't you strip Josh McCoon of any leadership responsibility he has? He has clearly shown himself as somebody who cannot lead to the future. But rather leads us to a Jim Crow past that nobody in a sane mind wants to repeat. Well, David, I'm a little ranting on that today, aren't I? <laughs> David's just laughing. Yes, you are, Chuck. Yes, you are. But I was just so disappointed on this bill uh, that uh, that these folks actually um, had this vote yesterday and let it come to fruition and allowed it to uh, to actually. You know, go forward. I, it's it's remarkably disappointing, Dave. Remarkably disappointing. Um, but the good news is, I don't think we're going to see a vote on this in the set in the House. There are people in the House who clearly would support this, uh, but uh, as long as we keep calling David Ralston, and I would urge you to call the governor as well. Uh, I think that phone number is four zero four eight nine three seventeen seventy six. Call the governor and uh, call the Speaker at House. You can just Google David Ralston online and call the Speaker at House. In fact, we probably should provide that phone number to all our listeners uh, so they can call David Ralston today and every day for the next 10 legislative sessions uh, to let him know that he should not absolutely pass this bill, right? I mean, that that would be really important for people to do. So here's what we're going to have you do is call 404-656-5020, 404-656-5020, And let Speaker Ralston know that you do not want a vote on SB 6, and this bill should die the death it deserves. It is a terrible bill for a time in the past that puts Georgia in the crosshairs of discrimination. And we simply do not want to be that state any longer. Dave, let's take our final break here on America's Web Radio. We'll come back to talk a bit more about immigration and politics.
3: Soy Charles Cook, el jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración, conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámenos hoy las 404 816 a las 404-816-8611, a las 404-816-8611. O visítenos en el internet, www.immigration.net.
2: With all the back and forth in today's
1: politics, It seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com.
0: This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction on America's Web Radio. Please join us at 4 p.m. on Tuesday afternoons. You're listening to America's AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: David, in other immigration news, a uh, another immigration official has been indicted for taking bribes from an immigration lawyer out in Cucamonga, California. Uh, Jesus Figueroa, Jesus Figueroa of Tujunga, California, was actually found guilty in District Court in Santa Ana of one count of conspiracy to commit bribery and impede the lawful function of government immigration agencies. I didn't know that was an actual crime with that much detail. He was also convicted of four counts of accepting bribes and three counts of fraudulently misusing his U.S. Customs and Immig- Customers and Immigration Services seal. Because <laughs> I love when the press reports that they never get the name right. It's, I'm sure it's a Citizenship and Immigration Services seal. Um, the bribes came from Kwong Man. John Lee of Rancho Cucamonga, who pled guilty in January of last year to three counts of bribing a government official. Wow, this is um, this is like crazy uh, to see this happening. David, do you think they catch everybody working in immigration who takes bribes?
2: Everybody? Yeah, I think that would be a pretty broad statement, but I'm sure there are quite a few. Yeah,
1: sure. Do you think? But do you think they don't? They don't catch everybody, do they? No, no, oh, no, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> um, so um, it is uh, – these were marriage cases, by the way. He got $50,000 for this. Uh, it just blows my mind. You know, why can't you – I'm not a fan of illegal immigration, David. I think illegal immigration, that we should figure out how to stop and, and, and regulate.
2: Build a big wall.
1: And you can put a big door in it with Donald Trump's name on it. Um, but again, we go back to the issue of fixing legal immigration to make it easier to immigrate legally to the U.S. than it currently is for people in certain categories. Uh, I mean, if the demand for jobs is here, why aren't we, why don't we have visas for those jobs? Uh, now, many people are starting to argue, David, that, uh, there isn't a demand for those jobs. For example, software programmers. We have all these programmers coming from India, and we have lots of programmers that are unemployed. Okay. David, when I run advertisements for our clients seeking people to fill jobs as software engineers and programmers, we rarely, if ever, get Americans applying. Rarely, if ever, get Americans applying. So where are all these people that supposedly don't have jobs in software programming? I mean, it should be almost impossible. If this was true, it, would be, it should be almost impossible to get a labor certification approved, if it was true. David, we're about to run ads for a vineyard here in Georgia. They need vineyard workers. We got to put the ad in the Sunday paper of the AJC two weeks in a row. How many people do you think we will get applying for our job as vineyard workers? Zero. We're going to get zero. Nobody's going to apply for a job as a vineyard worker. Why? First of all, you have to work in the vineyard all day long, out in the sun, all, all year long. And second, it's not located in metro Atlanta. It's outside of metro Atlanta. Uh, so you got a situation where they can't find local workers to do these jobs. So they got to bring in foreign workers to do the work. They, you want the vineyard here in Indonesia? You want the economic uh, result of having a vineyard, of growing wine and buying goods and buying bottles and selling wine and making profit? paying salaries here in the US, which are taxed in the US. Uh, so until until our Congress once again gets its act together, I, I really think this idea that uh, there, there are not there are unemployed people out there looking for jobs that immigrants are taking it's just not true. It's not true. Uh, but it also goes back politically to the issue is economy and jobs are still number one. We still need a president who will focus on jobs. Now David for me, I think one of the biggest things we could do for jobs, is a national infrastructure program. Let's rebuild our highway system. I mean, if we're going to spend money, I say, you know what? Why do we have troops in Germany? Really? Why do we have troops in Germany at this point? We're really afraid Russia's going to take over. Russia's about to collapse, for goodness sakes. Get our troops out of Germany. Get our troops out of most of the rest of the world where they're not needed right now. Let's use part of that money to build roads and bridges. Let's improve the infrastructure of America. You and I drive on these roads every day, David, right? You ever hit a pothole? No. No. Why? Because we live in the south. <laughs> okay? We don't have the temperature extremes that cause potholes. Now, you've driven in the north. Okay? You've been around places that do. And the roads are terrible. Uh, this last summer, I drove across the country, um, both on uh, 70 and 80. And uh, as a result, I know what, what the bridges look like. I know it's, it, They're bad. I've driven in New York and Boston. Uh, I've driven in big cities and small cities. We have a national infrastructure problem. We should fix these things. That's what I see the federal government being good at. The federal government is, is there to ensure our, our our peace and our safety and defense, but also our national security. Part of national security to be able to move troops around is part of being able to move commerce around, and part of that I think is part of a good government function. That's what I want to pay my taxes for. Uh, I don't think we need to borrow money from China to do that and we could create hundreds of thousands of jobs in construction in America bring people out to do work that is, they're fully capable of, doing, and retrain people to do those jobs and maybe we are working in factories before, we are working in, 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 uh, uh, in, in fabric factories or, or sewing factories that are now closed and moved to China you can't export building you just can't so building I think should be a key part of the government and they don't need to pay for all of it, you can privatize roads, I'm not actually a huge fan of privatized roads, I think it would be great I don't mind paying a toll, you mind paying a toll? I don't mind paying a toll for a small... I don't want to pay a big toll, but I don't mind paying a toll for a road. If if, if, I, if my tax dollars didn't go for it, I'll, I'll pay to use a road. But if my tax dollars went for it, like Georgia 400, I don't want to pay a toll. So I think there's a lot that could be done on immigration vis-a-vis the economy that could really boost the American job market. Uh, a study came out just this week, David, that said something very interesting. Uh, another study about the impact of DAPA, the Deferred Action for, for Parents, Parental Accountability, if that went into effect, you're talking about trillions of dollars over the course of 10 years, so hundreds of billions of dollars a year in more tax revenue to the government. Not less, but net more. So why aren't we doing something that brings in more net revenue? Because we don't want to give people a reward for coming illegally. I don't, want, I don't want either. But I think we need to deal with it realistically and understand, David, I have so many people coming to my office in these days that have been here for 10 15, 20, 25 years, they've lived well over their half their life, and they've raised their families here, their kids are U.S. citizens, but they can't get any benefits from their kids, they're done, they've contributed, are they going to leave? No, because their family, their kids, their grandkids are going to be here, they're not going back to the country, let's deal with this in a way uh, that makes it easier for people to immigrate legally. That forgives people for having come illegally, but exacts a certain punishment for that, and at the same time make sure that we're dealing with good employers, employers obeying the law, and that we have a secure border. Those are things, David, we can do. That all of which will boost the economy, without spending hundreds of billions of dollars we don't have, like in Donald Trump's plan. Um, so I, I think, David, we today will be a good result. Today will be uh, we'll see Hillary rise, we'll see Trump rise. I think we'll see Cruz bow out within the next couple of days. Uh, That will leave Rubio, Kasich, uh, Carson, and uh, uh, Trump in the race. When's the next Republican debate? Next week sometime? I don't know. Probably next week. By the way, do you know where Trump is today campaigning? Today. it's in Ohio. All right. Why is he in Ohio?
2: Because of Kasich.
1: Yeah, exactly. Kasich is ahead in the polls there. So he's, I mean, Trump's not an idiot. I mean, he knows he's got good advisors telling him politically what to do. And he just gets up and gives that same old branty speech. Um, Now, I want to do close with uh, just the last couple of minutes uh, about Donald Trump's immigration heritage, his immigrant heritage. Uh, Hopefully next week, David, we can have a senatorial candidate on our show. We're looking forward to having Margaret Stock. I'm going to confirm this week that she can be on next Tuesday live at 10 o'clock with us. Uh, And if you've got questions for a senatorial candidate from Alaska, Please send them to me at uh, Chuck at Immigration.net or to David at David Amer- at America's Web Radio and we'll ask Margaret those questions. Margaret is a brilliant immigration lawyer, the recipient of the MacArthur Genius Foundation grant uh, and a retired lieutenant colonel from the United States Army uh, with degrees from Harvard, Yale and the Military War College and a professor at West Point. Uh, really, that's quite a, it's quite a resume, don't you think? <laughs> That's quite a resume. Um, And so I would urge us to to listen next week to Margaret. Now, going back to Donald's uh, immigration heritage, Margaret actually pointed this out to me. Uh, It's unclear whether Donald is eligible to run for president because we don't know when his mother naturalized. Uh, We should call our buddies again from the birther movement that we had on the show a couple years ago, David, and ask them about this. Uh, What we do know Donald's mother was an immigrant from Scotland. What we don't know is whether she was a U.S. citizen when Donald was born. Because using that same logic, uh, it would indicate that he has said that Rubio is not qualified to run because his parents weren't yet citizens. Uh, possibly one of Donald's parents weren't citizens either. And under the strictest definition of the birther movement, it requires that both of your parents have been born in the United States. You remember this conversation, right, David? Um, and then he wouldn't qualify. Uh, but Donald Trump is not his real name. Uh, his grandfather changed that name. And do you know what his real name is, David? His, his, his immigrant name. Drumpf. D-R-U-M-P-F. From Zafazaland. Uh, so uh, there is a great movement going on right now to make Donald Drumpf again. <laughs> and bring back Drumpf. Um, I just think it's interesting that a man of immigration heritage, literally a first-generation American on his mother's side, can be so callous, uncaring... And just flat out rude to immigrants. Just flat out rude. Now there was one last thing about Donald Trump. Is yesterday he had a he had a rally in Valdosta, Georgia, Valdosta State. He had the Secret Service eject from the from the arena thirty African American students who were just standing there listening to him. Before he came on stage, he had them ejected by the Secret Service. You have to wonder why. What is he afraid of? Uh, I think that if he's the candidate, David, the, the, the protests are going to become very loud and they're going to become a little bit ugly. And it's a, a Trump candidacy is simply not good for the United States of America. Not that Hillary is much better, but, you know, the lesser of two evils. So, David, do you have anything else for this week? I'm looking forward to results. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk about those and also talk with Margaret Stock. Again, if you have any questions or comments about the show, we appreciate them all. Uh, Chuck at immigration.net. You can also visit my website at immigration.net. And please visit americaswebradio.com, which has lots of different radio shows you can download and and podcasts you can download, uh, many of which are not quite as good as mine, but are really just as interesting. So until next week, this is Chuck Cook on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio.
0: You're listening to americaswebradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.